Welcome to Women Waken, a holistic guide to wellness and abundant self-love, where we navigate healing, relationships, building self-confidence, and unconditional self-love and acceptance for an abundant life. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. That kind of flipped a switch in my mind. And I was like, oh, interesting. My body is telling me what I can do. And I go from a place of judgment to a place of discernment. And that is when I'm able to get that signal from my body. Hey, you can push yourself a little more or no, back off. So not only is your body not getting the signal like I've had enough, but you're also missing out on the joy of enjoying the food you're eating. On this episode, I'm welcoming Kinjal Shah. Kinjal is a yoga teacher and wellness and breathwork coach. She focuses on helping individuals get their bodies into a state of ease and optimal performance by tuning into their mind, body, and spirit and recognizing that food is medicine, the body is able to heal itself, and the strong need for us to go inward to understand our inner working. On this episode, Kinjal and I get into a lot of aspects around wellness, including the power of meditation, yoga, awareness around consumption, our daily habits that all impact and affect the wheel that is wellness. Kinjal shares with us some specific specific tips about how to really monitor the different interconnected aspects of our life that are affecting our overall well-being of our mind, body, and soul. It's a very helpful episode, and I hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to the Women Waken podcast. Hi, Whitney. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited for you to be here and excited for us to dive into some of the topics around the work that you do yeah. because they are very much aligned with the purpose and the focus of the show, which is really helping women to gain greater autonomy in terms mm-hmm. of understanding their body and their mental health and their spiritual health and how a lot of it is really more accessible than they realize. Yeah, absolutely. It is. What I would love to get into is that you are a yoga teacher and a wellness and breathwork coach. So those really do incorporate the body Mm -hmm. and the mind and the spirit, because first of all, you can't separate spirit from anything. Absolutely. Yeah. But when we feel separated, we're not so connected to our soul, our spirit. These are wonderful avenues. Maybe nothing as powerful as our breath is such a great way to start for people to remember, kind of come back to themselves, ground themselves, get yeah. in touch with their own wisdom, their own insight, 
and guidance. Yeah, really well put, Whitney. And you're right. The mind, body, and spirit work in conjunction. So you can't really isolate one and say, okay, I'm just going to go to the gym every day, physically work out, but like mentally escape, like distract myself with TV shows or like social media and not think about the things that I need to either for my body, my wellness, whatever it is. And having been through my own journey, navigating, especially certain areas, I wouldn't say not all of them were challenges, but still learning about my body and understanding how I can serve its needs in the best way possible. Yes. And would you be open to sharing with us a little bit? Because so many people and women in more specific ways experience different ailments in their body, whether some sort of condition or just something that develops that feels alarming, right? To understand what is this and how do I work with this? So if you would mind sharing a bit about how it came about for you and how you were able to really kind of heal yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing that at least to me, it has been more of a revelation since the pandemic, understanding how the vaccines affect men and women differently. And the first impact of the vaccine, which now I've heard from many other women too, but my period was off. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, like what is going on? As I am getting older, I know, but it's still too soon for my menstrual system to start behaving in a premenopausal way, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was concerned. I reached out to my doctor and the doctor's like, no, there's been no relation of the vaccine with its impact on women's cycles. And the reason my doctor said that is because they haven't researched, so they don't know. And as a result, they can't say anything. But it happened exactly after my second vaccine, after my first boost, and it was like, like clockwork. And then I spoke to other women and they like some of them also shared similar erratic behavior with their cycle. And so I think that's the first thing because most of the pharmaceutical or even any products are often tested on men and maybe some women, but all these factors are not taken into account. Mm -hmm. So understanding that and also I was not going to not take the vaccine. So as a result, then I started thinking about what do I need to do to like balance it out? Like if I just got a booster shot, what can I do to help my body feel a little more like not to go into that shock? I mean, it was going to go into that because a little bit of the virus is introduced in your body. Mm -hmm. Um, But all of that also has been more recent. I was talking to some other women that in school, or your family, whoever, your mother or any woman figure in your life, did they talk to you about how does the entire cycle affect a woman, not just while you're on your moon, but also leading up to that the week after that. I used to shame myself for being so hungry just before my cycle started. And also like, no, I have to go to the gym. I have to work out. It's not an excuse. And I've even had friends or partners like men say, oh, yeah, okay, come on, like, don't use that as an excuse. 
Yeah. And that's how the society expects. So for me, all of that has been a revelation, but also I want to empower other women to listen to your body. And it first started more than 10 years ago when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and having severe flare-ups, it completely affected everything. My physical body, my joints would ache. I couldn't even lift this, something as light as this wired headphone. And not being able to really function, it affected how I felt, my emotions. Naturally, it affected the processes in my body. And I went to a doctor and a doctor said, well, autoimmune, there's no cure. And for the rest of your life, you will have to continue to take medications to manage the symptoms. And I was devastated because I like thought, wow, now my life is just reduced to taking these medications. And like for the rest of my life doesn't make sense. And the medications came with some pretty like severe or major side effects. Like the doctor said, you have to go get your eyes tested every couple of months because the drugs were so heavy, kind of chemo equivalent. And that shattered me. And I felt a lot of shame too, because I was like, oh, I'm so young and I have this. And you fear like people are going to judge you or they're going to think, oh my God, poor thing, whatever. So I didn't even open up to that many people. And I feel support is one of the biggest things that women don't often get from a lot of other people. I initially did start taking the medication, but then I thought to myself, it doesn't make sense. I am experiencing a state of dis-ease and modern medicine is telling me there is no cure and I have to pop these pills for the rest of my life. There has to be something I can do. So naturally, because it affected my joints, I did not give up medication. And again, this may not be an option for everyone because it everyone's condition is different. Their life circumstances are different. But then I started looking into it autoimmune, where your healthy cells attack the body. So I started digging deeper. And that is when I kind of started doing yoga, meditation, and breath work the yogic breathwork, which is known as pranayama Mm -hmm. and totally like flipped my lifestyle, my relationship with myself and the people I was close to 180 degrees. Mm -hmm. I had more open communication with my mom because her and I are close. And I was like, mom, I know you love me, but the way we interact is not healthy for either of us. And she was open to hearing what I had to say. And honestly, that really did wonders for our relationship. Going inward, doing yoga, not just from again, not just like physical practice, but also connecting with my body in that moment. Listening to how I was breathing, observing how my body felt. And that is when I felt, so anyway, Three years down the line, my symptoms started reducing and I had stopped taking the medication because within like six months, I started seeing a significant improvement in my joints and my flare-ups. So at that time, I made a very, very bold decision of stopping that medication and doing everything I had come to understand, which was physical, 
emotional, mental, but also changing my dietary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Because not all foods are digested by the body in the same way. For everyone, it's different. And so I started with a process of elimination. I also changed my relationship with my food, which is, I think, far more important than just changing the types of food you eat. So if I ate, let's say, half a bar of a, a chocolate or something, it Previously, I would shame myself. I'll be like, oh my God, you have no self-control and look, you finished half of it. But now I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it intentionally and I'm going to enjoy it. And it makes a huge difference on your body because when your body gets that signal like, oh, that's a bad thing, it cannot process it in a good way. So I changed my relationship with food too. Naturally, I did start eating healthier, but... Uh, Once I saw the effects on me, I was like, at the very least, I want to share with everyone that oftentimes going inward, listening to your body, you can prevent going to a state of dis-ease where then you're forced to either take medications or worst case, even have to deal with life altering procedures or surgeries. So yeah, that's how it started. And that's what I do now. Thank you so much for sharing. And one thing that I heard there is that it sounded like you went from a state of fear to a state of trusting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's, I imagine a lot of what your work is and that what's so important for us to enable people to do is to realize that our body is not our enemy. And something that can happen within our body is foreign to us, right? Like for, to experience that sort of not being yeah. able to do something or the first response is terror. And you think yeah. oh, what's happening to my body. But when we remember that we are, our body is a part of us, it's not who we are, but it's a part of that three part system. It's your, yeah. your mind, your body and your emotional body. Yes. And they all work together. So they're all talking, yeah. right? And so yes. it's like, yes. like when you make the point about eating, yeah often we do, we eat so unconsciously and we just, or we, we have these thoughts, as you said, this is so bad. This is not good for me. Well, our body is like you said, is listening. It says it's not bad. And I feel like that often leads to inflammation, which is the Mm -hmm. cause of so many ailments in our bodies. So I think that that's so wonderful that you inspire people as through, whether it's body movement with yoga or breath work or just wellness in general, to learn to, we don't have to be afraid. We can be curious, right? Yes. Curious about mm-hmm. when things come up, what's going on. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying like toss your medications in the can and just look at food and how it can solve problems. So for sure, going to a doctor, getting advice is necessary, especially depending on what you're grappling with, but also in parallel, still, like, and I still feel it's never too late to start looking at your relationship with yourself. And like you said, with yourself means with your body, with your mind and with your emotions. And that will automatically translate into your relationships outwardly with others. Yes, definitely. And then how do you, how have you found 
yoga sort of has helped you with this as well. Like what portion, cause you're, you're a yoga teacher. So yes. it's a big part of your life. I imagine a daily practice mm-hmm. share for, I mean, I think most of us know about yoga, yes. <laughs> but not everybody really understands what it is beyond attending a class and a beautiful way to stretch and get some exercise, but how have you found it to be beneficial and to lend itself to this process of greater self-trust and connection between mind, body, emotions? Yeah. So that's exactly correct. Like oftentimes, even though people may have it at the back of their minds that yoga is not just the physical practice that we all know is offered at a studio when you go and roll your mat out and get into asanas. But yoga begin like you yoga is kind of like a way of life. And there are a lot more aspects. Basically, there are eight limbs of yoga, which kind of guide the practitioner to how to live their life. And asana or physical practice is just one limb. And there are other things like breathwork and meditation, which are called dhyana, dharna. So focusing. And oftentimes I don't play music in my classes because it's kind of like many, many years ago, I heard this podcast by an athlete, Rich Roll, who said that he stopped listening to music while he was running because then he would hear his breath. He would be able to tune into his body. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And I want uh, people who come and practice in my class to connect with your body. But that's what happened to me. Even though the classes that I attended as a practitioner, a lot of times people played music. But for me, because when I first started practicing, I had to be careful because of the flare-ups and making sure I didn't push my body to a point of injury. I was extra tuned in and that kind of flipped a switch in my mind. And I was like, oh, interesting. My body is telling me what I can do. And I go from a place of judgment to a place of discernment. And that is when I'm able to get that signal from my body. Hey, you can push yourself a little more or no, back off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so that is how it helped me. Plus, yoga can also be a form of a flow meditation. And something that I talk at the very beginning of the classes I offer is try your best to leave everything that happened before this moment outside the room. Mm-hmm. And whatever may happen, you don't know. And it's kind of out of your control. So let's try and be present in this moment. And that, because let's say you may not be the person who meditates, like intentionally sits down and meditates every day, but yoga can be an opportunity to meditate because then you're truly connecting with your body and your breath. Yes. Yeah. So, so those are some things in addition, of course, how to live your life, like moving away from attachment, So being, yeah, sure, I have a phone, I drive a car, all of those things, but not possessing those things, but not possessing attachment to those material things. Because at the end of the day, um, especially I feel it's so prevalent in the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, chasing, chasing experience, chasing titles, chasing a status. So one's never happy because people think, oh, yeah, 
I just got promoted to senior director of product management, but man, I want to be VP. And they like, sure, it's okay, but this is what I want to do. And rarely do I hear someone's like, yeah, I'm happy. I am an individual contributor. I only get paid $50,000 a year or whatever that is, but I'm happy. And that's the other thing I feel that yoga has helped me like realize within myself, am I chasing things? Am I waiting for a future condition to be happy? Or am I allowing myself to be happy in this moment? Yes. Yeah. That was something I've, I used to do a lot with clients when I, my practice was based at a clinic in the Bay area. So I had yeah. a lot of women who were very, very busy, right? Very important, very busy, all these things, things, things. And I would ask them, I would say, well, if you stop and you take away all your titles and all your things, who are you? Yeah. Take away your job mm-hmm. title, your role, mom, wife, sister, right. friend, whatever it is, what's there. And most of them would say, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what, what's there. And so I think that that is a powerful thing. And that's the beauty of meditation and specifically the combination of yoga and meditation. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you, Just like you said, it, there's something about, I mean, it's a ritual, right? Doing a, a yoga practice is ritualistic. You put your mat down, you set your intention. And it's so important to do that because in our day-to-day lives, it can be hard to say, okay, well, I'm going to strip all my titles and figure out who I am. We need that setting to kind of be like, here's my place. Because I know yeah. when I do yoga, I think about as soon as I step on this mat, Every, let everything go away. It'll be right there waiting for us when we yeah, go. Exactly. If you can just be there and honor your body, honor yeah. your mind. And it's always so, it feels so powerful to be like, no, this is time for my body. This is time for my breath. Mm-hmm. Again, my, and it kind of, I would point out to clients, it makes you appreciate your life. You yeah. know, it's meant to be fun. All these things that yeah. often end up causing a stress when we feel attached. <laughs> yeah. To think yeah, and it's true. but mm-hmm. if you can just see it as like this game we get to engage in every day, but making sure you connect with what's true. Yeah. I think we would probably both agree that our titles and possessions are not actually real. Nope. They're just material things that again, we get great experiences from, but if we think that that is what we are, we end up feeling we we're disconnected from our true self. So we feel empty. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and that's the other thing too. I have talked to some of my clients and they're like, I'm very competitive. And I was like, that's great. But on your mat, who are you competing with? And they're like, no, no, I need to be able to do that. And I need to be able to do this. And I asked them a question. You don't have to tell me, but I want you to think about why. Why do you need to do that? Why is it a need? Why? Or, or, and maybe you will be able to reflect. And oftentimes it is the conditioning from childhood, from our social environment that have shaped us to become who we are. And now we think that, oh, unless I push myself hard, unless I hustle or unless like I get this title or get that car, my value is nothing. Absolutely. And I think it takes that mindfulness and going within. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. as we know, it's it's so ironic that we as humans see so much value in the external, but no, not much value in, inside when the reality is that inside is infinite. Yes. Our, the world in there is, that's when you're connecting with 
what do you call it? Source divine yeah. the universe that's in here. It's not out there. Yeah. Sometimes I think that it's just a matter of time before we figure that out. And I mean, they say that people like Buddhist monks will realize like that divinity inside and they don't want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Our, it can't be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's balanced, right? Because we're, we're not meant to be here just for that either. It's yeah. not about going because otherwise we would have stayed back connected in the hole. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it's true. I feel it's absolutely possible to feel that divine connection where I also do like chakra work and offer chakra workshops. And I tell people that it's very possible for your crown chakra to open up and you may feel one with consciousness, but sometimes you may be aware of it. Sometimes you may not be aware of it, but it can absolutely happen. And it happens, but by the work we do on ourselves. Yes. So like, yeah, that is like one of the most important things I tell people is that ultimately it's going inward. And with all the chakras, we address different parts of our being. Yeah. Whether it has to do with childhood trauma, social, sexual orientation, So a lot of it, like we're carrying a lot of wounds and until we don't address and heal them, external things are not going to help us get clarity on that. No, but we certainly believe that they will. Yeah, for sure. Our mindset here is that just, just this one thing, this one achievement, this one, this one thing will bring that in. But clarity can only happen when things get cleared. Right. Yes. It's, and if, cause clarity is just clearing the window to what is mm-hmm. right. Nothing outside. Yeah. Of that. That's just an additional substance, a, di- a material thing. The yeah. clarity comes from within. Would you mind speaking a little bit more to the, the chakra system? Because I think yes. maybe just like a quick run through for those who aren't that familiar. I think most of my listeners, yeah. probably know, but I would love for you to kind of share a little, because I remember when I first started my spiritual journey, it was really touching to, cause I always kind of thought like, well, I'm not special. So I can't do yeah. all that stuff that spiritual people do because I don't yeah. have abilities. But just as you spoke to, then I suddenly found myself having like this sensation where yeah. I was, it was my crown. I didn't realize at the time, but I was, I felt like I was receiving or yeah. that I was connected. And then mm-hmm. I started having that, the tension yeah, with the third eye. Uh-huh. What is your third eye and then stuff in your throat and then the heart opening, such a yes. beautiful feeling, which is another beautiful benefit of yoga is taking that time to do heart opening movements. Yes, exactly. Yes. So that's how I kind of came about it. So first, for those of you who may not be familiar with chakras, oftentimes, and for good reason, the most talked about chakras are the seven main chakras. And chakras in Sanskrit basically translates to wheels. And these are energy wheels or energy centers within our body. So I know Kundalini is popular. And a lot of people talk about Kundalini awakening, all of that, which by the way, is not something to be taken lightly. So I would really cautious, like caution people that be really careful because so Kundalini in yoga is a serpent goddess that lays dormant coiled up at the base of your spine. And that is where the root chakra is. And root chakra is all about feeling grounded, feeling safe. 
Then is the sacral chakra, which is around the reproductive organs. So it has everything to do with being or feeling creative, sensual, including things like how do we feel, our capabilities of being a parent or with our parents too. So all of those things are affected by like your sacral chakra. And then you move on to the solar plexus, which is just around the navel or slightly higher. And that is about how we present ourselves in this world, our quote unquote ego self. And when this chakra is imbalanced, one could either be very arrogant and egotistical or extremely lacking in self-esteem or like constantly shrinking. And then you move up to the heart chakra. And this has to do with our feeling of being loved, giving and receiving love. And that will show up in the thoughts we think, the words we speak and our interactions with ourselves and others. And then moving up to the throat chakra is again, our ability to communicate and how we, again, this all of it ultimately will affect our physical, mental, and emotional well-being. And then moving on is to our third eye, which is between your eyebrows. And oftentimes they say that solar plexus, heart chakra, and third eye are connected. So we hear it all the time, oh, I had a gut feeling gut is kind of like the second brain. Mm -hmm. And science is now beginning to kind of make that connection and understand that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of other ancient philosophies, I can speak to yoga, has already established and talked about it. But the third eye is being able to discern what your physical eyes cannot see. And also the ability to know that you are connected to the divine. And whatever divine may mean for you. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's crown chakra. And crown chakra opening up means being one with consciousness, being one with the divine. And at this point, there is no male, there is no female. There is really, it's, I know sometimes they say this, the color here is violet or purple. But I like to think of it as white is also another color. Mm -hmm. Where... Everything is just one. Mm-hmm. But, but these, these seven main chakras are one of hundreds of energy centers within our body, but these are the main ones. And they run along your primary channel that runs from the base of your spine all the way to your crown. And when the chakras are in, in imbalance, you well, one may experience different things like, oh, not trusting others, not feeling safe, or not being able to be creative, or not being able to speak up or speaking too much. So all of these are signs of imbalance. But through yoga, and through mindfulness and meditation, one can start understanding which chakras are in imbalance and work towards bringing them in balance and harmony. Do you help that process with this? If Uh someone comes to you and they're saying, I have these symptoms, I'm having, maybe they've been consistently having a sore throat, or maybe I know a lot of women will have, it's maybe you're having consistent UTIs or different menstrual issues. That's your sacral. So how do you help them when they're 
I'm in there and I'm like, I don't know what to do about it. Again, you can yeah. go to modern medicine, which usually leads to the problem reoccurring, but yes. how do kind of get to the source of that block in their chakra? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. I'm working with someone who is recovering from cancer and it is in the reproductive area. And one of the things that I work with this person on is a, of course, I am a huge fan of reflection and ideally it is in a notebook with like a pen because many times, and I used to think that too, like, oh, I don't need to write in a book. I'll write on my computer. But when you write in a book with a pen, holding a pen, touching paper, It just has a different connection, the signal that goes from your fingers all the way to your brain. But my point being reflection. So I will share some questions around the sacral chakra and I will ask them to meditate every day, do the journaling and see what comes up oftentimes. And this doesn't surprise me anymore is they will uncover things from their past that somehow either were pushed back to the back burner or suppressed, but actually need to be healed. And somebody I was working with told me that because of their sexual orientation, they have been sexually repressed because a lot of the judgment. So working with a first uncovering what all that might be, and they got a lot of shame from their own family. So which was definitely, I'm sure that like, impacted them so much more than if a random person on the street says something. And then I also work with essential oils. So every chakra has a different color. So kind of visualizing that color, working with foods that work with the person that are kind of good for that specific chakra and essential oils. So I'll make a blend. And for example, for the reproductive area, I will say apply it on their massage And then affirm, like using affirmations, and it may be different ones for different people, you kind of visualize it. But before that, like, it's a whole process, meditating, going through that. But then uh, that is how I kind of work with it. And yoga, there are a lot of different yoga postures, like some that you mentioned are heart openers, like a bridge pose or a camel pose. For the sacral chakra, for example, the seated butterfly is one of them. And some of the standing poses are also good for the root and the sacral chakra. So giving them those yoga poses and all of it together ultimately will bring about a change for that person's needs. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, my pleasure. Helping guide for, for those who are just getting started. In yeah. Because a lot of people aren't really aware of the extent of the, the different energy centers in our bodies. Yes. Yeah. Contribute to our overall well-being, which is the next thing that I'd love to get into is that you're also a wellness coach. And of course, yes. we're talking about wellness this whole time because it's a very all-encompassing umbrella. Yes. Uh-huh. Yet... I imagine that when people come to talk to you there, it's often, cause I know I, if I have a new client, it's often, I don't like my, my physical struggles. My diet feels out of whack. My exercise hasn't been consistent. I'm not sleeping well. Right. I'm not feeling well in my body. I feel lethargic. I have aches. Mm-hmm. So it's, everything's kind of going on. So you could say that your general wellness doesn't feel 
up to par, doesn't feel right. like it's point, doesn't feel like it's it's working for you. When you, you can really think of wellness as sort of like a wheel of yeah. all the things in your life, which is your your sleep, your diet, your exercise, your spirituality, your the way that you're moving, yeah. your relationships. So right. how do you help people when they first kind of come in and, and if they're asking about like, well, how do I improve my general wellness? So one of the first things I do is I really want to connect with this person and get to know them as much as I can, because it's, it's, as you can probably attest, it's not as simple as like, they'll just come, I can't sleep well. And I'll be like, okay, do this. And then it'll help. So I, I spend some good amount of time trying to understand how they live their life on a daily basis from morning up to going to bed and, that also gives me an opportunity to really listen in on how they are talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. For me, that has been key and kind of gives me an idea. It's like, oh, okay, interesting. So getting to know them and then making sure I and them are on the same page with their goals. So somebody I've been working with who has digestive issues. And one of the things they shared is that their phone goes with them everywhere. Mm -hmm. So even in the morning when they're having breakfast, when they're having lunch, when they go to the bathroom, their phone is with them. And I said to them, right, like that is one of the first things you want to do is you're not connecting with your food. So not only is your body not getting the signal like I've had enough, but you're also missing out on the joy of enjoying the food you're eating. And oftentimes, which at least with this person is, they end up eating much more than they need to. But anyway, I think I may have gone on a tangent. (laughs) What was your, yeah. Interconnected. So you're kind of helping them understand how one thing is Mm -hmm. impacting all the other. Right. So initially, at least for most cases, in some cases, it may be different. I really want them to maintain a food journal just to see what time they're eating, what did they eat, because that will help me understand or also kind of get to the root of the problem. Or is it the food? Is it their habits? Maybe they're eating all over the place. And that is why their belly is going all like, what is going on? So yeah. So, but you're right. And that's exactly what is needed, right? You cannot resolve or for the lack of a better word, tackle an issue in isolation. You have to look at other things as well. I know someone who first thing in the morning they do is drink coffee and coffee is very acidic. So they had mentioned that, oh, they get a lot of acid reflux. And this was an easy one, at least I said, okay, the first thing you can start doing is coffee shouldn't be the first thing you're putting in your belly because it's so acidic and the stomach is already acidic first thing in the morning. So, Mm -hmm. so things like that kind of help like baby steps, but in different directions at the same time. Yes. Wonderful. And I love that because it, it, again, kind of like the yoga where we think more about honoring our body and taking time for our body. When we start thinking about what we consume and Also, by the way, consumption is way more beyond just food. I'm glad you said that because so using what you just said and also tying it back with when we were talking about chakras and our energy body, 
we consume energy from multiple sources. We consume energy from the ground, i.e. the plants and vegetables, fruit, whatever that grow from the ground. We consume energy from water, the water we drink, the water we shower or bathe in. We consume energy from the sun. We consume energy from air by breathing in. And we consume energy from ether, i.e. our thoughts. Our thoughts are energies. So if I'm sitting here, sitting all day, constantly in fear or resentment, that's what I'm feeding my body. So yeah, that definitely one of the big things that I would love for people to start being more mindful of, that you're not consuming or you're not feeding your energetic body or physical body just by food. Yes. And I know something else that you you focus on is also the idea that consumption is media, it's TV, yes. it's social media, the things that it's our devices. Mm-hmm. And that's like this new introduction of consumption that we didn't have to worry about yeah. 50 years ago. I mean, of course, when television was first invented, that was when we first you're consuming. Right. That, right. And but now it's becoming alarming. Yeah. Well, but I'm sure that's something you work on is also that balance of your devices and the yes. time you spend with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 100%, like, like I just mentioned, this person took their phone everywhere. And I know it could not be like they would not be able to quit cold turkey. But I said, okay, just for your breakfast, first meal of the day, put your phone away. And it's work in progress. And all I want to see is over time, they have more and more consecutive days where they haven't had their phone at the dinner table. Yes. Yeah. And do you work with people at all who feel that they are, because you, as you mentioned, our thoughts are yes. impact us, but a lot of social media can create thoughts. Maybe almost we don't even are aware of it, but it's constant like, oh, wow, that person's really impressive. I wish I looked like that. I wish I had this. Yeah. Once mm-hmm. I thought that not honoring myself, not thinking more and more about I'm so wonderful, it's <laughs> yeah. more and more about those things are so great. And I wish, and it it's almost like if you could visualize it, like deflating yourself, whereas it like time on the yoga mat, time meditating inflates you, right? You're like, mm-hmm. not in like a grandiose way, but just sort of like, wow, I'm in this amazing being. I want to yeah. put that, that's that's just the the challenges that I have myself and when I work with others around social media is there's that question of is it a is it a greater benefit or detriment to us? And yeah. I think that when it's consumed in a way that brings in those thoughts of I am not enough, that it's worrisome. One hundred percent. And I cannot tell you how much like what you said is For you and I, maybe at least we have started like been more aware, like, okay, no, 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 no. If I'm getting put in that direction where I'm starting to think lesser of myself because I saw something or someone on social media, but not everyone, especially like younger people who are consuming social media. But like I always tell in my yoga class and I have to share this one thing. I used to think, on when I used to see on social media, oh, wow, that person just jumped and flew into that pose. Oh, that person just so seamlessly came into a handstand. I can never do that. Oh my God, I'm not good enough. And one of my yoga teachers recently shared that, that advanced yoga doesn't mean that you get into that pose or you're flying from one pose to another. 
even holding something as simple as a mountain pose where you're just standing on both your feet with your arms by your side can be advanced. And advanced doesn't just mean in that physical way, right? Do you have intention? Do you have attention? And are you really fully in there? And for me, now I share that with my class too every time because I want to remind people that just because you see something on social media, which by the way, so much of it is fake. Yeah. So, but it is, it is a constant reminder and it happens to all of us that sometimes we might get put into that thought cycle, like, oh, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I won't ever be able to do that. And I'm like, no, stop it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's, it's, you have to be mindful of that. And I think that's where, I think that's one of the biggest things in everything we do is having that mindfulness. Yeah. That mindfulness, the awareness just as much as what we put in our body to ingest as food, that what we take in through mm-hmm. our devices, through media, through whatever it is that we, we want to be aware of what's coming in because we want to look at our body as sacred. Yes. We only want things to come in that honor, mm-hmm. keep that harmony, that balance, that infrastructure in place. Right. Yeah. And we don't give our body and the intelligence it possesses enough credit. And, and kind of going back to what you initially shared when we started talking about this was listening to our body because it'll give us signals. Yes. And so it, I, it, at the end of the day, it comes back to that, like honor and listen to our body. It is so intelligent. Yes. Well, I, I think it's so important and wonderful. I know it's kind of a buzzword now, the wellness community. However, it- <laughs> It is so critical because, Kinjel, something that was on your website was you you talked about how, and it's a concept I think about all the time, that if there is one group or species in our world that is unwell, then we're all unwell. Yes. And I think about that often also with consciousness, that we can't really have a clear consciousness about who we are if there are others out there that are suffering and unwell, we're yeah. all going to have it. And I think that's why earth as a whole, we're all, none of us are truly at our highest level because we're all, we can only be as good as everybody else as, as, as advanced because we're all. Right. Mm-hmm. So the power of, of inspiring people with wellness work is recognizing that it starts with me. Yes. I can fix the whole world, but I am a part. Yeah. Of, and if I do my due diligence, Due diligence. <laughs> due diligence. <laughs> if I do that, then I'm helping kind of light up my little portion and I can yeah. inspire others. And I believe that someday we will all be in a place of wellness. Yes, absolutely. And 100%. And I truly, truly believe that. And that's why all I do is I try to live by example as much as I can so that instead of telling others what to do, I can show up. I can like in my yoga classes, even if I can do a pose, I will use props because I want them to see and kind of not say that, okay, look at like the person who's leading the class is doing all this. I can't use a prop because somehow it makes me lesser of a yoga practitioner or whatever. But even if we cannot heal the entire world, but we can do huge amounts of service to ourselves and others if we're focusing first on healing ourselves. Because it is a ripple effect. 
And even if we don't intentionally try to, it is infectious energy and it'll pass on and people will see and start connecting. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, Kinjal, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and about your work and your own personal experience. I know that so many people are going to, I think some people will hear some concepts they haven't heard for the first time. We got yeah. into stuff. So I just love this conversation and I appreciate you so much. And if anyone, those who are listening would like to find you, where can they yes. find you? So my website is always a place they can go to and it's Kinjal Yoga. That's my first name, K-I-N-J-A-L, yoga, all one word, dot com. Or they can find me on Instagram, kinjal.yoga. So either place is good. And if you want to reach out to me, it's info at kinjalyoga.com. But Whitney, thank you so much for having me. And I am truly honored and I'm really happy to have this conversation with you, especially with the message that you are carrying and sharing. It really resonates with me. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you. That wraps up our beautiful conversation with our wonderful guest. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Waken podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with others and come back for more. If anything you heard resonates, leave a review or send me an email at Whitney at and check out the website, womenwaken.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Don't forget to let your light shine and to keep an eye out for your special gifts and magic. <laughs>